Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, I'm happy to say that we have survived the flood. Mike and I built an ark. We did. And together we collected some animals and we've been sailing down Coyote Creek. <laughs> down Coyote Creek. Yeah. Um, there's uh, only uh, seven beds on this ark. <laughs> Dude. And uh, we somehow have found a way to survive. So. Uh, amen, dude. Amen. Amen to that. And we and now we're got beverages. <laughs> it's the weekend. We're having some beverages on cheers. ice and cheersing. The sharks are on a a little a little vacation after kind of a rough stretch yep. where they scrapped out a few points um, and had one good win, but uh, we're kind of scrapping around. Um, but nothing's going to make them feel better like playing Vancouver tomorrow. Right. <laughs> sure. That, that'll that sure wake them up. Um, somehow, uh, through this rough stretch, if you're looking at a positive, the Sharks are still in first place in the Pacific. Yeah. And they're in first place by three points, and they still have two games in hand on the Ducks and the Oilers. So... Edmonton and Anaheim unable to take advantage of the fact that the Sharks have been scrapping a little bit. Right. They they technically lost four in a row, although three of those games, the Sharks got a point. Of course, then they won in New Jersey uh, going away. They lost a, a weird one uh, against Florida, but they got a point. They beat Arizona handily, and then they lost an OT against Boston. So they have gotten points still in their last four games and they've gotten points in uh, what is that? Six out of their last seven. And you could see, I mean, last time we recorded, we were talking about the Boston game and, and that was a no win situation. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, that game, you could smell that that was not going to go their way. It, unless the team is complete balls. If a team fires their coach, and gets a new coach, that team wins the next game with the new coach. It just always happens. In Boston, while they may not be the powerhouse they once were, they're not embarrassing, and they have plenty of good players, and you fire the coach, it serves as a wake-up call, and the Sharks walked into that buzzsaw. I knew it was coming. Yeah, we've seen them twice in the last uh, two weeks, and they look pretty good, they're actually. They're they're, they're they bad. are not bad. Uh, definitely better than I thought they were. And I think they've gotten a jolt from the coach, coaching change, which, of course, the irony is uh, Claude Julien ended up unemployed for about uh, an eyelash yeah, of time. 36 hours before, or whatever. Uh, Montreal looked in the mirror and decided that what they had wasn't so pretty. And they went out and brought in uh, Claude Julien to try and save their season, uh, which is... You know, funny to say for a team that's in first place in the Atlantic, but barely. I mean, they're they're just hanging on. But the Sharks, for all the struggles they've had in the last two weeks, still in first place in the Pacific, still the third best team in the Western Conference by points, and they're not playing their best hockey. So right. uh, while you might not feel great about how the Sharks have played over the, this last stretch, 
it's still not bad. And they're in a position to rebound. The trade deadline is coming. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, I'm ready to put these last two weeks behind us, dude. And I, I haven't been thinking about it a lot the last couple of days. I haven't felt super sour about it. Uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend and seeing uh, how the Sharks rebound in Vancouver. And then I think they've got a really interesting game on Tuesday at home against Toronto. Yeah. Actually, this might be a game that actually has some meaning for both teams. Usually Toronto is well outside the playoff race at this point in the season, at least the last few times the Sharks have played them. And, and now Toronto is, I'd say they're... In the not, they're clearly in the not embarrassing category. They're third in their division. Yeah, they're a playoff team if it ends today. I That's mean, right. they would make the playoffs, which is shocking. Very surprising when you when you see that they're they're ahead of teams like Boston, like we just mentioned. They're ahead of Florida, who we thought would be a playoff team, although they've had a lot of injuries, and they're way ahead of Tampa Bay. Well, six points ahead of Tampa Bay, who is almost in the cellar of that division, which is now. Held by Detroit, which is crazy. Detroit, you know, giving away young players. Uh, yeah. Thomas Jerko today to the Blackhawks for a third-round pick. Um, Jerko has not been a good NHL player. I think he was a good AHL player. Uh, kind of makes you, uh, give you, gives you the creepy crawlies to see uh, Chicago go, sure, we'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> the evil empire. That's right. He'll probably just completely go off there. But a gamble, I suppose, worth taking by the Blackhawks as they uh, attempt to acquire some scoring depth. It's hard to imagine that Toronto is going to hold on to this spot with better teams lurking below them uh, in the Atlantic, in Boston, in Florida. Those those teams, are they're just better than Toronto. That's true. They, they just are, and I think that they will pass them eventually. But Toronto is a, is a good story especially when you consider that they'll probably be able to add a very meaningful player in the off season, <laughs> John Tavares. Yeah. And, uh, cause there's just, I mean, I don't think there's a chance in hell he's going to stay on the Island. Yeah. Do you No. I mean, uh, even though they've been playing better, uh, since Doug Waite took over, uh, and they're also in a playoff spot, the Eastern conference is very fluid right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's nobody that is, uh, out of it, even uh, Detroit and Carolina at the bottom are only 10 points out. It's not the same as the Western Conference where Colorado uh, is already booking their Cabo plans. I mean, they are 32 points out of a playoff spot. They're so bad. So bad, which makes the trade deadline uh, very complicated because we've seen some moves today, and there's only a few teams that are clear Sellers at this point, dude. Um, Colorado, Colorado, obviously clear seller, and they've got some pieces to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona, clear seller. Apparently, Dallas, clear seller. Yeah. I mean, they traded Patrick Eves today for a second round pick to the Ducks. What did you think when you saw that? Wow, Patrick Eves is good. well. You know, I I don't pay super close attention to Dallas and how all their players are you doing. You don't so, monitor Patrick Eves I'm on a, a daily basis. I'm you a, didn't even know he had a beard. I did not know that. I his beard is is uh, luscious. It's pretty luscious. Yeah, yeah it's uh, flowing <laughs> and grizzled. Well, I've always known Patrick Eves as a third or fourth line player, not a bad player. But you think of him as being on Detroit. Yep. Right. Sure. 
as a you know a penalty kill specialist, right. a third fourth line sort of right. gritty, you know a sort of a a prototypical Detroit third or fourth line player, a guy that can play the game, not a huge score, but a guy that you give him an opportunity might be able to chip in a point here and there. But apparently on Dallas, he's a scoring machine, and so Anaheim gave up a second round player, a second round pick for him. So that frightens me, and we'll talk more about the deadline here in a second dude but i do want to recap some of the games that we did not cover since our last podcast um like we said we uh you know it was before boston so we had boston philly we lost in philly in overtime new jersey good win florida lost a a a weird one um and then arizona we beat them handily finally because it seemed like we lost every other game to arizona and then we lost an ot to boston dude is there any particular moment or game in this stretch that that stuck out to you or a performance or or what what's your feeling here the i can say the one thing that makes me a little happy about this stretch is at least the sharks were you know they scored four goals or more three times in this stretch i mean it seems like the sharks have had a lot of trouble with offense recently that makes me feel a little bit better of course uh you know they won two of those games and, and lost the florida one but scoring four goals at least it's not like never happened, you know. Right. At least it's happening a little bit here and there. The Florida game was was also as big of a trap as that Boston game because Florida had been sitting here just waiting, waiting for the Sharks. They've been right. waiting longer in San Jose than the Sharks had actually been here. Then the Sharks traveled back and were home on Monday and Florida had already been here. Yeah. So you you could you could smell that loss coming a mile away and I agree that the Sharks scoring uh, four-plus goals multiple times is encouraging. Um, I'm not worried about defense with this team. I'm not worried about goaltending. So giving up six goals to Florida, I sort of shrug my shoulders and say, when that doesn't happen often for this team, period. So uh, I'm not that worried about it. that I, I was encouraged to see Aaron Dell continue to play well and to get Absolutely. into a couple of these games and you know point three games since we last uh since we so last podcast. So that makes me happy. It certainly doesn't make you feel like the Sharks are gonna be actively looking for a backup goalie. You know, you don't feel too concerned about that just based on how he's played unless they know something we don't. Right. Played well against Philly. Yeah. Played well, really well against Arizona, and you know he was the unfortunate recipient of the Boston right loss, yeah. which and that's, everyone saw coming. And that's that's not his fault. Um, the Sharks are still, you know, they've had some injury problems. You know, I mean, uh, Donskoy, uh, Demello uh, affecting that defensive depth. If, if any of those guys needed a rotation out, was harder to do uh, because you know there's a drop off between. You know, Demello and and you know if you're going to Yoakum Ryan or mm-hmm. or Tim Heed or Tim Heed, you know Heed Heed Pans. Yeah. Um, it, it's not the same. Yeah, and so uh, having Demello be able to be back uh, soon, having uh, Hurdle back, you know, I mean the Sharks are starting to get healthy, and I think that we'll see them finish strong, which 
You know, they put themselves in the position that they need to put themselves in, which is to be in the driver's seat in the Pacific Division. That's right. And we want to see them start to play well now at the end. This is when we want them to start to figure it out, right. figure out that power play, figure out the PK, and get hot now. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, if they've sort of been, you know, and, and to say they've been middling around is not true. Like, they, they're they in first place. Yeah, that's right. In the Pacific Division, which is not the joke division of the NHL like I think we thought it might be at the beginning of the year got three teams all three of them with 70 plus points like they're three good teams in Edmonton Anaheim and the Sharks so um I'm I'm not I'm not concerned you know I would like to see the power play uh perform at a higher level yeah. you know you see they think they went one for 11 in the last four games like uh they're in the bottom third of the nhl that yeah. that is not what you expect to see from this team but it also it doesn't seem like it it can hold up that way long term i know that we're near the end of the season and yeah. it's been disappointing the whole time but when it comes down to it, I, I would bet on the Sharks' power play to be better than it is now when it counts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And and we've still seen the, you know, Brent Burns getting a lot of headlines. I think he's he had, what, two against Arizona. I mean, the guy's, what, three points away from the NHL lead in points. Right. Uh, you know, Brent Burns is clearly the biggest story on the Sharks this year. Um but there's lots of little stories that are interesting. I'd certainly like to see Dell play some more. I'd love to see him uh, start tomorrow in Vancouver. Um, you know, some people noticed in in some of these games that maybe Mar- one in particular, maybe Martin Jones looked tired, uh, things like that. So you don't, you definitely don't want to hear that. Um, you know, I think uh, maybe in the loss to Buffalo, the Sharks always lose in Buffalo for whatever reason. But um, I think Dell has sort of proven himself as a backup now and and I'd love to see him play more you know there's a couple games against Vancouver coming uh, certainly you'd want to play Jones against Minnesota you know maybe you play uh Dell again against Winnipeg and then you play Jones against Washington you know there there's there's good opportunities here for Aaron Dell to get some more minutes and hopefully that'll give him some more confidence and hopefully it'll give the Sharks more confidence that they have a legitimate backup goalie because I know that's been even though he's never really played terrible terrible and he's had really good stats the whole season it seems like that's always still been a question like some you know blogs and other people are saying oh the sharks still need a backup goalie maybe are they just comparing him to james reimer is that what this is well the situation is not the same as last year when stalock was horrible when stalock was horrible yes and and they had no other option you know they were desperately trying to phone nitty mackie <laughs> yeah that's how bad it was yeah and Taro, please, we please come back. Um, so this is not the same. I mean, Dell has responded extremely well. Um, maybe you know, in limited action, you could make a case that he's statistically the top backup goalie in the NHL. Yeah, statistically. So, um, do I see the Sharks, you know, actively looking for a backup goalie? No. Like, I think that that's a waste of assets if they're going to be trying to do that. 
Um, if Martin Jones got hurt and you had to turn to Aaron Dell for an entire Stanley Cup playoff run, would I be comfortable with that? No. But would I have been comfortable with James Reimer? Not really. Not really. I mean, like, what has he done? Really? Like, yeah. I mean, what has he done? He was good at the end of the year for us. He he was very helpful. But he, is he any better than what Aaron Dell is doing? It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I think Staylock was a problem. And it's not an NHL player anymore. That's like, right. He can't has not been able to hold down a job in Toronto or Minnesota. So, um, I think they've solidified that dude. I don't well, think dude, it's like so, really a question. But then moving on to the trade deadline, which is March first, so we we are getting close. It, it certainly seems like there is. I wouldn't say a consensus, but certainly people are making noise that the Sharks could use another scoring winger, and you know this clearly stems from the fact that Mikel Bodker is not scoring really at all. Uh, Mikel Bodker has, uh, let's see, what has he got? I'm trying to find his actual stats here. Um, he has only six goals, uh, which is probably his, what it's gotta be his lowest output ever, uh, in his career. Um, you know, he was certainly supposed to be some of that secondary scoring. And now, you know, beyond Brent Burns, obviously he's a force Pavelski, uh, and Couture and Marlowe, who are all going to be 20 point scorers. There's a very, very steep drop off after that. The next person after Logan Couture has 19 goals is Joel Ward, who has seven goals. Right. I mean, I, I think you could point the finger at several players on this lineup and say, you know, uh, their statistical output is disappointing. Uh, I think when you get beyond Burns and Pavelski, you probably could go. I mean, Couture, 39 points. That's a, I mean, isn't that a little disappointing? It's not great. It's not great. I mean, like, but, but we're really, we're, we're picking on guys who have settled into different kind of roles. I mean, Logan's not going to be an 80, 90 point scorer. Like, no. that's not what he is. I think if he gets to 60 or the high 50s, then that's the kind of role that he's playing on this team. You know, 20, 25 goals, good. Like, that's good. Yeah. Um, Joel Ward has statistically been disappointing. He's been better lately, but disappointing. Bodker, yeah, not brought here for $4 million to score 19 points at this point. Right. You know, it looks like he's going to be like a mid-20-point player. Like, that's, that's guaranteed expansion unprotected list yeah, at that's this true. point. That's true. Uh, Donskoy has statistically been disappointing and also not able to stay healthy. But somehow... And then speaking of healthy, I mean, Tomas Hurdle, like you know, 15 points in 28 games, that's not bad. So, I mean, I guess if you double it, then you're getting closer to Couture's output. Mm-hmm. So he'd be in the Couture, he'd be in the in the high 30s, the mid 30s if he had been playing all year. So, yeah, the Sharks have not been lighting up the scoreboard. Um, would another scoring winger help? Absolutely. In this market, am I willing to pay that kind of price if I'm Doug Wilson? I don't know. Like Patrick, Patrick Sharp. But if Patrick Eves, who's yeah. unrestricted, yeah. and his highest goal output, I think, before this year was 14. Oh, man. And he just got a second round, a conditional second rounder. So if the Ducks make it to the Western Conference Finals, I believe I heard that it's now a first rounder. For Patrick Eves, who before this was, I mean, we consider him to be like 
uh, third or fourth a liner. Like, I, like, like, I mean, I would think of it more like a Tommy Wingles. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Tommy Wingles, we got a seventh and like two plates of, you know, half eaten macaroni salad. Yeah. And like Dallas just got a conditional second for Patrick Eves. Like, good for them. Yeah. Like, good yeah. for them. So, uh, Patrick Sharp. I mean, dude, look up his stats. Like, what what are his stats this year? Like, He's not I, having a good year. I know that for a fact. And uh, financially, I I just I I don't know how that works. But is that really the move you you want to make if you're the Sharks? He's got seven goals. Yeah, seven goals, and th- no, and you know what I'm saying? No, only in 34 points. So he's but he's missed time too. No, I don't care. No, yeah. seven goals. You're not the answer. Hit 20 like, last year. You know the 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 player that I'm interested in, and I don't know what the price would be, but if we're gonna look for somebody who's having a good year on a horrible team, and just knows how to score points. Then I would take Radim Verbata. Really? I, okay, Radim Verbata. Good. Go play with Joe and Joe. That guy scores everywhere he goes. I don't know how he scores in Arizona, but he does. He does. So okay, like let, if you're gonna load up and get a veteran winger, then get somebody who's having a good year that actually is going to produce. Yeah. Like this guy, he produces, and I don't. I, I don't. I'm not a Radim Verbata like fanboy. So who how is, he would fit into our style of Other play. Other than Mrs. Verbata. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> I would think that that's the type of player the Sharks might look at if you're looking for scoring help. Now, I see this article here from QWERTY QWERTY, dude, this, uh, this it's email. Just an, it's just an email. Dude. Don't give him, don't give him the satisfaction well, of having written an article. It is. Well, to me, it's, it's freaking Pulitzer yeah. based on this first sentence. <laughs> the first sentence is actually just says dudes. So it's not that great. It's the second sentence that's good, which is, it's early Sunday morning and I'm drunk, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> which is a great way to open an email. Uh, I got to tell you, maybe if, th- if more people open, you know, open their emails to us with, this kind of you know lead in, I'd I'd yeah. be I'd be more excited to do the podcast. I got to tell you. Anyway, Cordy Cordy says the Sharks need John Tavares. Hear me out. <laughs> As you know, the Islanders may or may not want to part with John Tavares for some dumb reason. Would you accept a trade of Logan Couture, Nikolai Goldovin, Mirko Mueller, Mikael Bakker, and a bag of pucks and a first for John Tavares? That is five first round players for a young star player. It's a steep price to pay, but Tavares is the guy I think the Sharks need to put their team over the top. He's a great player on a crappy team and can easily center the second line with Marlowe and make the top six better. Do you think that's a fair trade, or do you think the Sharks would have to ante up more for Tavares? Maybe you throw in Timo Meyer instead of Goldobin? I'd hate to part with Meyer and Trey Couture, but Tavares is only 26 years old, makes the team better now and for the foreseeable future, assuming he doesn't fall off a cliff. If you're Doug Wilson and can make this happen, do you make this trade? If you're the Islanders, do you make this trade? Dude, what do you think? Basically, Logan Couture, a bunch of cast-offs and a first-round pick for John Tavares. Do you do it? Yes. <laughs> I, I wouldn't blink. Yeah. Absolutely. But but the problem is is that Tavares is a free agent. So um, you would have to come with a contract extension if I was going to give up all those right. assets. Um but yes, I mean you're basically trading a first in Couture uh, for 
John Chaveris. And you just know, because the other guys were drafted in the first round means absolutely nothing. That and 50 right. cents. Well, we don't know what Godolbin's going to be. We're right. not sure what Mueller's going to be. I think we know what Bodker is, unfortunately. I mean, I, I if I were the Islanders, I would say no. Like, right. I wouldn't take him. No. Uh, but I, I would, if you're the Islanders and you could get that kind of package, I think that they would do it because I, if you're the Islanders, you're probably very concerned that he's not going to stay. Yeah, of course. So if he's not going to stay and you can replace him with Logan Couture. The and Islanders aren't players, even going to stay. Right. We don't even know right, where they're going to be. Right. Yeah. Hartford. Yeah. Like, where are they going? Quebec City. Right. Yeah. So. Bloomington. Um, right. But. No, I, I, I don't. Uh, I love this email. It warms my heart. Yeah, I toast to it now. I to- we're toasting. Uh, but uh, it will not happen. They will not trade Tavares. Uh, the Islanders are in a playoff spot. They just changed their coach. You know, I, I, I don't think that they're 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 going to be trying to make their way into relevancy instead of casting off. Their best player. I did. They're they're not going to give up on Tavares. I think they're probably probably trying to convince him to stay. It certainly is tantalizing to get John Tavares, and 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 you sure. would. Well, you, let me ask you this: Would yep. you do this same package for Matt Shane? No. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, not the same. What if it was Duchesne and Landis Cog? Yes. Yeah, I'd take both those guys. Sure, but <laughs> the, the 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 thing I worry about Duchesne is. Here's the thing I worry about Colorado in general, and I realize this is a, a digression from the Tavares thing, and I want to come back to the Tavares thing for a second. But the the problem with the Avs is if they're willing to get rid of Matt Duchesne so easily, and clearly he's on the block, what does that say about Matt Duchesne? I mean, the Avs are terrible, and they're like, we do not want to build around this guy. Right. This is not the guy we want to build the team around. That right. scares the hell out of me. Right. Well, like if, I mean, if you want to build a team around Matt Duchesne, then you say, mm, maybe I shouldn't. I mean, if he's going to be a secondary piece, then, okay, I understand that. But if you're, say, the Sharks, and you say, okay, this is going to be a guy that's going to lead the offense of the Sharks into the next generation, past Patty, past Jumbo, maybe you don't want to build around Matt Duchesne. Maybe that's a bad move. Well, I mean, we don't know Matt Duchesne from no. a bag of pucks, you right. know, so whether his he's a character guy or whether he's. Um, there was an interesting that thing. That makes on, me nervous, though. I got to sure. be honest. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're a young team that is horrible and you're willing to trade young players, I mean, that's and your. Arguably, maybe your second or arguably your, your best young player, and you're going to hold on to Nathan McKinnon instead. Right. Yeah. No, He's it's, the one that they're, they're going to build around Nathan McKinnon, and they're like, Matt Deshane, we don't need you. Eh, I don't like that. Right. I don't yeah. Like it. Yeah. No, that doesn't smell good, does it? No, it doesn't smell good. Um, it's worked out pretty well in Edmonton. Um, if you could make the argument, right. it's worked out pretty well in Edmonton. They said Taylor um, Hall is not the guy. Taylor Hall is not the guy. They got rid of him. Uh, McDavid is the guy. Yeah. And but McDavid is as, about as close as you can sure. get to a slam dunk. Sure, as you can get. But Colorado is going to have the first. They're going to have the best shot at the first round pick. Sure. So, um, It'll be interesting to see what happens, if anything, with Duchesne or Landis Cog at the deadline. I would suspect nothing. I think those kind of deals get made at the draft, um, that you would get a better return at the draft than trying to do something um, with a team that, you know, those are hockey trades, not rental trades. Yeah. Like we'll see with the 
verbatas, Hansels and Sharps and Iginlas of the world, right? right? Uh, Jerome Iginla, so, any idea? Any any interest? He's not having a good year either, you know. I mean, but he's we, in Colorado. I know, Colorado I know dude. I know. I mean, like, I I just yeah. Any interest? Sure. I mean, I guess. I mean, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I wish I I'm, I got to be more I got to be honest with you I'm more interested in Jerome McGinley than I am with Patrick Sharp I'm more interested because there is no pressure to hold on to Jerome McGinley Jerome McGinley is right. a rental through and through you right. might as well just be going down to Hertz and putting your key in the door and it's Jerome McGinley because Patrick Sharp you're going to have this idea I mean he's a 35 year old player so you got that contract problem but. You're going to worry there's something left in the tank. Is there a contract thing here? But Jerome McGinley's like, no, we're getting you for six weeks. So would you rather have Jerome McGinley or Shane Doan? It's a tough one, right? Oh, man. That is that is a really tough one. Um, I mean, I don't have their stats in front of me right now. They're, Certain, <laughs> they're both not having They're both not great. <laughs> I'm not going to be thrilled with either, am I? Uh you know, I think I'd rather have Shane Doan because I think that Doan can do more of the character little things than Aginla, who is a declining frontline player, whereas Doan is more of that David Backus type that even at his best, he was good at all the other stuff. I don't know. I you know I'm almost going to say Aginla because I'd rather have a guy that can put the puck in the net right now. And and Shane Doan is not as pure of a scorer as right. Jerome Aginla was. True. Jerome Aginla once upon a time was a 50 yeah. goal scorer yeah. every One single year. One of the best. One of the best. Sure. I mean, and and you put him on the top line with with the boys, and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Make right? him grow a beard sure. and see what happens. <laughs> Why not? I mean, dude, what do you what do you put a percentage of odds on the Sharks making a meaningful trade by Wednesday? Thirty five percent. Okay. And do you think that they should? Like, do you would you be okay or feel good about it if they traded one of these young players on the Barracuda that we know are interesting they're not proven i'm not talking about lebank and i'm not talking about meyer because i think they're not on the table yeah but i think i'm talking about oregon i'm talking about goldobin i'm i'm talking about uh you know specifically probably those two guys Mirko mueller is the third and um if one of those guys was gone in order to get back a rental type veteran see i think you know, now that I'm talking myself into a Ginla for whatever reason, and I'll probably regret this tomorrow, but I think that's a low pick. That's a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick for a Ginla. This is a guy who doesn't, you know, I don't think he has a contract pass this year. It's certainly an over 35 contract. He's on the decline, the whole the whole mess. He's a, not doesn't have a lot of points, the whole thing. You're not going to have to give up a, a young player with promise to get a Ginla. You're going to have to give up a a a, a, a pick that you're going to be trying to f- find the diamond in the rough. You don't have to find a guy that's already good. I would like to remind you that Ron Hainsey was traded today for a second-round pick. Yes, but the Pens are in a completely different position than the Sharks, I believe, in this regard. The Pens are missing Trevor Daly and Olimata right now, and the Pens are stacked and are playing great without the injuries. They are you know, probably the second or third favorite to win the Cup right now, in my estimation, behind Washington, Maybe behind either Minnesota or Chicago, how you feel. 
So they're the second or third favorite, and they're and they need a goalie terribly, and they go get Ron Hainsey and overpay. Now, is that the greatest thing they could have done? No, but it's also not the worst thing because if they lose because they're they only have three real defensemen, and they and they're looking at you know Malkin and Crosby who are having awesome awesome years. That's a, a huge mistake by their GM. The Sharks are not in that position. True. So but, I think Hainsey's an overpay. I don't think they're going to have to pay a second round pick to get Jerome again. No, I don't think so either. But if if you're, I, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's no question Aginla's going to get moved. Um, he's going to get moved, and and there's going to be a small number of teams I think that are are interested. You know, yeah. so um, where does he end up? You know, um, and what's the price? He's the, he's the new Bill Guerin, right? Bill Guerin came on. He's they, already been the new Bill Guerin. I, know, I mean, I you know. know, will he go to Boston and then not go? <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Just for it. Uh, I mean, and that's not even a move that, that makes sense for them. But, you know, I, I, you're kind of talking me into it a little bit. I mean, if the price was right. Jerome McGinley is never a detriment to whatever team he's on. Sure. Never. He's a he's a great guy. He's so a character financially, guy. Financially, I, I have no idea. Right. We're 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 just sort of talking out of our asses right now. We don't know financially if this is even possible. What's the new cap site now? It's not General Fanager. What is it? I don't know. Yeah, here we go. If the Sharks are going to be able, I know that they're they have the ability to take on some some salary, but. It's not a ton, I don't think. And Aginla's making, oh, dude, there's no way. I mean, he's making $5.3 million. They yeah. can't take that on. Prorated? I don't know. Well, okay, go go up to the top. Everybody's going to love this. Go to Amateur GM. Where's this? All right, at the top, dude. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk you through this. All right, okay. so, no, shoot. Dude, what dude, you do? Uh, Tools. Uh, oh, we are tools. We're, yeah, we're, this is, this <laughs> teams, is a really dumb teams, idea. Sharks. Go to sharks. Teams. What am I doing? Teams at the top. Right here. Teams. So it starts with a T, dude. dude. Go to go to sharks. Goodness gracious. People are hearing us. Okay, so um, how much room does it say that we have? Go up at the top. Uh, oh my god, dude! This is the this worst, is the worst podcast ever. Uh, okay, this wait. Here worst. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Projected cap space. Projected cap deadline space. cap space, yeah, three point nine. Okay, so so well, I mean, if the AVs retained, yeah, if the AVs retained, if some. they retained, and they could easily, and they could, they could retain. It's not impossible, right? That kind of move is not impossible, but I wouldn't think it would be. I, I would rather have Redeem Verbata than than J- Jerome again. Yes, I would because I think Verbata is way playing way better right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, Aginla's yeah. probably. I mean, Aginla's got what twenty points. It's I think Verbata's got forty something. It's not a bad. It's point. not close. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm nostalgic for Aginla in his sure. heyday. I well, think. That's I mean, Aginla is. is not the Aginla of three years ago. That's like true. He, he's he was so great. And and once and maybe he'd be better on a good team, but um, it's, it's being on the Avalanche certainly isn't helping. No, it, it does. No, way. it do, doesn't. It it's does not, not help. No, it does not help. But I think he's going to be too expensive. So, thirty-five um, percent. I'm going to give the Sharks a. I'm going to say a ten percent chance of making a meaningful move. Wow. Okay. I, I, I just don't think. 
I think Wilson's such a dealer. You I know. know he's such a I just, wheeler I don't dealer. think that he's going to be interested in moving any of his young players that are starting to develop. I think that he can see that the uh, while the, there's a window to win, I think the window to win is here with this group right now. Uh, and that he's got players that are underachieving that he's going to bank on snapping out of it. And, you know, he's going to be worried that he would regret trading a Timo Meyer or a Kevin LeBanc or a Nikolai Goldolbin for six weeks of player X. Right. So, um, Thomas Jerko. Right. So I don't know. I mean, if and the Sharks don't have, if you go look, if you look at the picks that they have next year, they do not have a second. They do not have a third. So the Sharks are dealing with a first, a fourth, a fifth, two sixths, and three sevenths. So um, not exactly in a position of strength. So if you're the Sharks, you don't have, like you could not have gotten Patrick Eves. Right, right. You would have had to offer a player instead. Yeah. So really the reality is, you know, are the Sharks going to be offering young players instead of draft picks? Which I think is that they're they have more currency that way. Sharks don't even have a second or a third in 2018. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we're going to see, dude. I'm going to turn the uh, the conversation over to a uh, a more uh, optimistic uh, idea, which is. Which is something that literally I don't think anyone has seriously considered since the year 2000, which I know you remember very well in terms of Sharks history. But is Brent Burns a legitimate candidate to win the Hart Trophy this year? Last time it happened for a defenseman, the year 2000, that player was? Alexei Semenov. Dude, it's close. (laughs) Slightly worse. Slightly worse. No. The year 2000, the last time a player St. Louis the- Blues had this player won. Chris oh, Pronger. Chris Pronger. Right. Is the only defenseman since Bobby Orr to win the Hart Trophy. Right. Will Brent Burns be the second defenseman since Bobby Orr to win the Hart Trophy? Um, it's looking very, very possible. And I think that um, if if people were to vote now i would say that he would lose he would come in second yeah um to mcdavid to mcdavid because i think people are going to recognize that mcdavid has completely resurrected a dead like a dead franchise like they were dead and now they are relevant because of him well mcdavid has three very important things working for him that i think unfortunately and it makes me sad that i think put will put Brent Burns on the outside of the hard trophy voting. One, he's Canadian. Two, maybe more importantly, he's a rookie and yet leading the NHL in points. Well, he's he's a second-year player. Yeah, technically, yeah. But, I mean, he was out for much of last year. And third, he plays for a Canadian team. Sure. Those so, are all good factors, dude. And, the fact and, that he's Canadian, leading the points as such a young player and is playing for Edmonton. The fact that Burns is scoring at such a prolific rate. Yeah as a defenseman and that he's even close to him this is incredible. He's been durable um, and definitely the most dangerous weapon on a Stanley cup contender. So um, he's going to be in the mix. I think he's a Norris lock. Yeah. 
at this point. He's a lock unless he completely falls apart here at the end. So may we just have to uh, be all right with that being enough? Yes. And would I be stoked about that? Totally. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Especially we we're talking about a guy who just 18 months ago, people were advocating for him to not play defense anymore. <laughs> I know. Which is in pure madness. And I said yeah. that then and I stand by it now. And, you know, dude, like he is the He's most the- dominant defensive player in the NHL. Yeah. And is he the best defensive defenseman? No. But is he the best defenseman? Yes. But he's not a bad defensive defenseman No, he's either. not bad. Um, you see him diving, uh, taking his legs out much more. Yeah. Uh, much less. Sorry. But um, <laughs> but he's... He's not he's terrible. Lethal. No, yeah. he's lethal. Uh, when he has the puck, he is completely lethal. And he's just got magic in terms of being able to get pucks through, yeah. like like something that we just have haven't seen before. And it's amazing. It's exciting, dude. It's exciting, and, and what a great move by Doug Wilson, yeah, who has found that that pixie dust again to sign him before this this completely took off. Can you imagine if you tried to sign him at the end of the year? Oh my god! How much more? How much more money would it have cost? Two million a year, at least more. I mean, you have to get ten million a year. At, with this kind of season, he's going to get thirty points next year. <laughs> he's got two goals, twenty-eight assists. Right, he's gonna be, he'll be playing for the Barracuda. He's going to be just. He'll be Braun. passed by Tim Heed. He's going to be just a broad next year. No, Pants, this no. is this is a historic season for Brent Burns. It's a dominant season, a a season dominance that we haven't seen in a long time right. from a defenseman. Right. I mean, the fact that he's what 10 11 12 points ahead of Eric Carlson who is you know the the high water mark for offensive defenseman output for the past 5 years and Burns is just crushing him yeah de- most definitely dude it, it's fun to think about i mean i think yeah, you're right i think well, this is going to be the first it's not over either i mean i think if if he ends up being the highest scorer in the nhl which how will, can you not give it to him you're like right. you you have to a defenseman hasn't led the NHL in scoring since Bobby Orr. You have to. If he wins the scoring title, he has to win. You have to win. Yeah, he has, like, to, it, he has and, to There's, get there's it, just no it. way around it. Yeah. I think it would be a travesty if he didn't at that point. So, yeah. Well, it's so interesting, dude, to look at the plus minus here. I'm looking at the plus minus leaders and to see it's all Brooks, Minnesota. But to see Brooks Orpik is a plus 32. Everybody laughed at that contract, right? They yeah. laughed at it two years ago, and now he's a plus 32. Good well, for him, dude. Is that Brooks Orpik, or is that the fact that he's playing a defensive role on the best team in the NHL? Dude, it, it it's. <laughs> you can't take something away from somebody who's plus 32. I think plus minus is an overrated stat. Justin Schultz is number five for God's sakes. I mean, this guy was almost out of the league two years ago. I know. So he's having a good year, dude. On a I, great I think, team. You think wow. it's, it's not a coincidence that he's playing on one of the three best teams in the league. Uh, that Minnesota means that there's something good happening when he's on the ice, dude, even strength. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I don't know if that means he's like one of the best defensive players in the NHL. Anyway. I didn't say that. Did I say that? I said that you he, implied it. I didn't imply it. I you said that he's having a good year and everybody's mocking that contract. I don't think they'd be mocking it now. That's true. That's true. Well, dude, what we got coming up, we got Vancouver and Toronto, like we said, Vancouver again, and then certainly the biggest game in the next week, which is actually going to be Sunday, March 5th, so actually over a week away against Minnesota in Minnesota. Right. That's certainly, 
And then there's a game against Washington coming up shortly after that. So those are the two biggest games here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, the Sharks have a, kind of a tough. And every other here. every other game's winnable, frankly. Vancouver, yeah, Toronto, I mean, Vancouver it, again, and then Minnesota, obviously, and then Winnipeg. Those it would be disappointing are, if they didn't come away with six points in the next three games. Like I, I'll be disappointed if they drop points to Vancouver I'll be disappointed like and I, I think hopefully they've been able to rejuvenate themselves a little bit they're gonna come out and play well um, I expect we'll see some more Aaron Dell down the road here I hope so and you know on Wednesday we'll see if the Sharks end up making a move if they end up adding a Radim Verbata if they end up adding a, a Martin Hansel which seems unlikely that seems really unlikely. to me but that's a player that they continue to be linked to uh, by uh, pundits. Why would you get another center? I don't know. I mean, unless they're going to move a center in, in addition. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I mean, uh, could the Sharks just be looking for a role player? Would they be looking at a uh, player off of Colorado or Arizona, someone who could come in and just play you know, a fourth-line role if they're sort of disenchanted with the idea of playing Michael Haley in the playoffs, which I think they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, would they be looking to add that sort of Vernon Fiddler type from maybe one of these teams that's not going to make the playoffs? So we can keep an eye on that, but I just have a feeling they're not going to do anything. I yeah. think that they're just going to stand pat and roll with the got and hold on to their young players. Dude, I think you're right, and uh, I'm looking forward to see some more Shocks hockey. They've been off for five days. I'm ready for some more NHL games. Dude, it's been back. It's been good to be back in the studio, dude. It's yeah. been good to be back on the air, dude. Sharks hockey, alive and well, first place in the Pacific. Let's keep it rolling, dude. Now go Sharks! Go Sharks! Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.